Welcome to Changemakers from Within, everybody. We're so excited to be having Lindsay Clark here from Pegasystems. She's the senior partner of Social Impact, and she's got a lot to share with us and has really cool experience. Um, so welcome, Lindsay. Thanks so much, Rachel. I'm so glad to be on and have this opportunity. It's going to be fun. Um, so cool. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of the path that you took to where you are today? Yeah, so I have been in the CSR space for the past seven years at various companies, um, which I can get into later on because it's a lot of varied, varied experience <laughs> and, and industry. Um, but I, you know, I grew up in the Boston area. Um, I went to school down in North Carolina to sort of live in a different part of the country and sort of get a different perspective. Um, and I was an econ major and was very interested in numbers and reporting and sort of the data analytic aspect um, of economics and graduated and didn't have a clue of what I wanted to do with that <laughs> degree. Um, so I always knew I wanted to come back to the Boston area where my roots are. So graduated, came back here and then landed a job at a large financial services company doing sort of data analysis and new business development. Um, so that company was State Street, which I'm sure a lot of mm -hmm. listeners are familiar with. Um, a very and, philanthropic, very philanthropic company. Exactly. And so, you know, I spent a few years there starting my career. And that's where I learned about corporate citizenship and the fact that it was really a field that people could work in. Um, State Street's program is was at the time and still is extremely robust. Uh, they have great giving and volunteering opportunities for their employees. Um, so through that, I it sort of was like a eureka moment. I was like, this is what I want to do. And so from there, I you know started charting a path for how I could transition from sort of this data reporting sort of new business development role into corporate citizenship. Um, I had a few, you know, informal conversations with folks on the team at State Street. I ended up going back to, to graduate school at BU um, for an MBA and focused in social impact. So they have a track specifically about, you know, nonprofit management and sort of the intersection of the for-profit and nonprofit world and how they can work together. So that was great experience for me sort of in the classroom learning um, about the field and, and sort of what skills are needed. And so when, when I was in school, I actually came across an opportunity at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, which is an education and media company based in Boston. They were looking for someone who had a reporting background and who had a data analysis background uh, to help support their CSR program. So it ended up just being really great timing. I was in school had that background and they were looking for someone part-time. So I had the flexibility to sort of make that leap. Um, and I you know, was at a point in my life where I could do that. So that's sort of how I got my foot in the door of CSR, um, sort of a non-traditional non way. But there at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, there was a very small team. Um, so I started out sort of just with those reporting capabilities and then expanded my role sort of more largely to a CSR generalist, um, managing some of their giving and volunteering programs, um, the matching gifts program, and really just helping to build out uh, a network of champions there. So it was sort of great foundational experience in the role um, at, a, at a company that you know works in education and 
sort of has a social, socially minded mission to begin with. So it was very easy to sort of connect the dots between what the company was doing from a business perspective and what they were doing from a social impact perspective as well. Um, so from there, I, I moved on to Santander, where I managed a portfolio of nonprofit relationships in the Boston area. Um, and that was great uh, because it was very different industry going from education to banking. Um, and, and, you know, just a very regulated industry. So a different type of social impact work. Um, and yeah, and then that led me to PEGA where, where I am now. Super cool. I also just want a huge shout out to State Street for, you rarely hear that a company inspires a, a social impact, you know, career, right? It's, it's really kind of spectacular that, that that is how it sparked for you. And um, State Street's just such a, definitely, at least, you know, here, I feel like we are, oh, I mean, I'm always hearing about the amazing things that State Street's doing locally. And so it's, it's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, they, they're definitely a leader in the space and just have such great reach and have just been such a long standing partner with a lot of community organizations in Boston. So they were, you know, they're a great model, I think, yep. as other companies sort of build out their programs and, and sort of have aspirations for what their programs can be. Super cool. So tell us a little bit more about Pega Systems. Um, what do they do? And, and then tell us a little bit more about your role. Yeah, so so Pega is a technology company. Um, they're a leading cloud software company focused on customer engagement and enterprise operational excellence. And basically what that means is we work with some of the biggest sort of well-known brands in the world um, to help optimize their customer interactions, sort of like the back-end technology for, for that, and also to really help them drive dr- digital transformation um, in their global operations. So we are publicly traded. We're a software-as-a-service company. Um, we were founded in Cambridge um, in 1983 by Alan Treffler, who is the current CEO and founder. Um, and yeah, we've we've experienced a lot of growth in the past few years. We are global, so we're in about 38 countries wow. um, all around the world. Um, and last time I checked, we were about 5,300 employees. Wow. That number is growing daily. So we've really experienced, I think, unprecedented success and, and growth the past few years um, with sort of the business model that we have, which I think is a little unique because our platform that we have is low code, which means that you don't need to be a software developer or, you know, be experienced in a computer science language to be able to build and sort of evolve applications for your company um, to help meet the needs of, you know, your company and and your customers and clients. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, I don't have a technology background, so I'm sort of learning this all as I go, but it's, it's a very sort of, simple um, platform that has sort of enormous um, capabilities, um, sort of as complex a transaction as it gets. So, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and so my role in the company is uh, to manage the social impact program. So I'm a newly hired role. I joined in January. And I'm the first person that's been in a dedicated CSR role at the company. So it's also an interesting time 
you know, in terms of our growth, we're making a lot of significant investments in our people um, and just in the infrastructure that we have as a company. So that includes, you know, my role as the social impact leader and then inclusion and diversity and a lot of other sort of people-focused um, and talent-focused investments. So it's an exciting time and an exciting role um, to sort of have this uncharted path for the social impact program. Um, so there's a lot of potential and a lot of work, a lot of great work that was already being done um, in the space. I think a lot of grassroots efforts from employees and you know, some partnerships that PECA was engaging in around the world. Um, so my role has really to be has really been to come in and formalize a global sort of infrastructure and strategy for the social impact program. Super cool. It's also, I mean, it's, you're really like kind of starting a little like business within the business, right? You're like the first, yes, obviously there was work that was being done before, but now it's like someone just handed you the keys and was like, okay, take us somewhere and let's do some good. Um, right. Figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like figure out where we need to go, like map it out. Um, so it's also really fun and exciting to speak to you at this point because you're still kind of in the, the middle of the, the mapping of like what it is, right. You're not, you're, you know, you're just several months in and, and so it's really cool. So you, you know, you have your feet wet, but you know, starting to be thoughtful about where you're going from here, which is what I'm really excited to talk to you about. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of what are, what, what are the first steps to building out this program? Yeah, and that's, that's a good question. Um, I think the first, it, it, it can seem a little overwhelming. So I tried to sort of break it down into steps. And my first step was listening, honestly, to as many people within the company that I could, um, leadership, sort of key stakeholders, um, employees who had been engaged in charitable efforts in the past or sort of had been running their own informal committees at different locations who had been participating in charitable activities. So I wanted to know, like, what are you interested in? What sort of the history of this type of work at PEGA? What do you think makes sense for us to be involved and invested in from a social impact perspective. Um, and of course, you know, you hear different things from different people, but some key themes emerge, um, which also sort of tied in nicely to what I was thinking sort of made sense for PEGA to be involved in from a business perspective. So uh, one of the one of the themes was education. So a lot of efforts that PEGA folks have been involved in the past have been around education, whether it's like a school supply drive, backpack drive, uh, mentoring young students. Um, So that definitely was a theme and I think a focus area that I knew we were going to be involved in going forward. Um, And another one was around supporting women and girls in technology and sort of making tech a more diverse and inclusive place for everyone. So that again was a theme that I knew was going to be a big part of the program going forward. So once those key themes started to emerge, um, I put together a plan for sort of got global guidelines for the program. So that took the form of key pillars. So it was basically saying, okay, these are the three things that PEGA focuses on globally from a social impact perspective not to say that we won't support anything else, but these are going to be sort of what we focus on, what we put most of our 
efforts behind and sort of money behind. And um, these will help us sort of tell a more cohesive story of our impact, um, both internally and externally. So really to just focus our efforts that way through three key pillars. Were those so the pillars? So one was um, women and girls and diversity in tech. That's all one pillar. Yeah, yeah. So this the final three yeah, from okay. that iteration. Yeah, yeah. The, the the final three ended up being women and girls in technology. So, so cool. recognizing that tech is an industry where gender parity is an issue, and and we can you know invest in programs and organizations that are helping to to move the needle there. Uh, education and youth development. So again, sort of broadly that umbrella of education, um, and that pillar is is meant to sort of support everything from basic needs for children, like school supplies, um, you know, critical sort of human needs to be able to get an education, um, all the way through 21st century workforce development and career readiness skills, um, sort of supporting the next generation of talent and, and leadership. So that's the second pillar. And then the third pillar is sustainability. So this was a, an area that PEGA has not been as involved in in the past, um, but I think an area of a lot of interest to our employees, um, definitely our clients and our investors as well. So um, basically providing more of a platform for our employees to get involved in the sustainability work that the company is doing um, and also participate in more sort of giving and volunteering efforts around the environment. Um, and I learned when, when, upon joining PEGA that our facilities and real estate team has actually done a great job of starting to benchmark and track our carbon footprint and set goals around reducing it, um, and sort of being more energy efficient as a company. So those efforts sort of tie in nicely to some of the social impact work that we're doing. Cool. I love that you started with like a listening tour because I think one of the things that we've been noticing is a lot of the folks that we're talking to that kind of head up social impact programs often come from within the company, right? They were the ones that had originally been on the marketing team or whatever and been doing grassroots stuff on the side. So it was just very thoughtful of you that when you came in, you were like, okay, wait, there there are these other cohorts of people that had been doing things as just like a side thing and we should definitely get them involved and listen to kind of what, where they would like to see the program go. I think that was really thoughtful and also really ambitious. I mean, it's a huge company. I'm sure it wasn't just like one or two conversations. Right. And, and you can't please everyone, you know, but I think it, as long as you can connect the dots between like what makes sense for the company and what employees are interested in, I think they'll always have, engagement and, and participation. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. So obviously with COVID, things have probably shifted drastically. I mean, given that you started probably right before everything happened here, um, it, it's probably been a wild first bunch of months. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your, what you were originally starting to plan with kind of the week of service? Yeah, yeah, sure. So COVID definitely threw a wrench in a lot of my plans um, and sort of the plans we had generally for PEGA. So you know, launching a new or sort of a refreshed social impact program and giving and volunteering program as part of that is very challenging to do when folks can't physically volunteer together um, or sort of have that in-person engagement um, and sort of generating buzz that way um, for the program. So that was definitely 
you know, a, a hurdle that we had to overcome and, and pivot a little bit as a result of that. So one of the things, one of the goals when I came on board was to get to a point where we could have a global week of service and really engage PEGA employees from around the world, no matter where you are. If you're a PEGA employee, you have a way to get involved in your community and contribute to this larger global effort um, together and really build that camaraderie and, and sense of being sort of one global organization. Um, so the, the plan is for that to still happen, uh, but virtually. So that presents its own set of challenges in trying to engage people and provide meaningful opportunities, you know, both for employees, but also for the nonprofits that we're working with. Yeah. Um, so plans are sort of very preliminary right now, but I think what we're going to be doing is targeting probably the first week of December um, and tying sort of each day into one of the pillars. So sort of the themes of women and girls in technology, education and youth development and sustainability. So having like Monday be education and youth development day and here are a number of organizations that we work with and here are a number of ways that you can get involved through giving and volunteering. Um, So again, very preliminary, I think still trying to figure out how we're going to message it and how we're going to tie it in with some of the inclusion and diversity efforts that we have going on. Um, but, you know, I, I think the appetite is there and the demand is there to give back to the community. It's more figuring out how are we messaging this and sort of giving a value proposition that employees will be excited about um, so that we can get, you know, the sort of the level of participation that we want. Yeah. Um, so, so that's been a challenge. I, I will say one of the biggest hurdles has been with the volunteering program has been um, launching uh, champions, sort of launching like a council of global champions for the program. So my original plan was over the summer or early spring, summer to sort of start recruiting and formalizing these local councils of employees who could sort of take on this additional leadership role and source and organize charitable events for their regions. Um, And that has been tabled until 2021 because I don't think we'll get the momentum and sort of the engagement we want right now. I think we'll need to be back in the office to really get that, get the excitement that we want for that program. So they, those sort of champions were going to be, key in actually successfully executing the global week of service. Yeah. Um, so without them, I think it'll be a little bit more challenging for me as a one person team to really, you know, identify those opportunities around the world. Um, of course, you know, here in Boston, right. It's easy. I can, I can, when you are familiar with the with the city and with the nonprofits and what volunteer opportunities there are, but exactly. But I'm not going to, you know, say, yeah. Right. I'm not going to tell people in Sydney, Australia, okay, here's what you should be doing. So, you know, I have an informal network of folks that are supporting me. um, But I think once we're able to launch that more formal program, we'll really start to see an uptick in in engagement and participation. Yeah. Well, at least I feel like with one, there's probably like some silver lining with being, you know, everyone being remote and the opportunities being remote is that as long as there's no language barrier, 
whatever you find can scale to a lot of different folks. Whereas like even probably within the US or wherever you guys are located, you would have for each city, you would have needed a new volunteer opportunity. Whereas now it's like, okay, this one or two volunteer opportunities can scale across, you know, US, Canada, UK, anyone who kind of speaks the language. Definitely. Yeah. But I will say what I have noticed with the virtual opportunities is that employees still prefer to have that local impact, yep. even though it's virtual. So, oh, interesting. you know, Sally wants to support a backpack drive in Cambridge because she's based in the Boston area, right. um, even, even though it's virtual, whereas like someone from Poland, you know, may not be, uh, it, that opportunity won't resonate with them unless right. it's focused on their local community. Right. Right. That makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But also provides a lot of challenges for you. Right. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing in response to COVID? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, like everyone else, COVID sort of, we had to quickly pivot our, our program and respond to the most urgent needs in our communities. Um, so I basically you know, had reached out to a lot of my peers in the CSR space to see what other people were doing. Um, un, obviously an unprecedented situation and no one was really sure what to do. Um, but, you know, in talking to peers and with PEGA leadership, uh, we actually decided to make a pretty significant donation to the World Health Organization COVID-19 Response Fund. Um, so it was a donation from PEGA and then what I thought was sort of a great way to engage employees, we allowed employees to pledge a percentage of their bonus um, towards the effort. So we received an amazing response. PEGA employees were really generous. Um, and it was, you know, really meant to support global relief efforts. You know, being a global company, we always have that mindset um, where we, you know, don't want to be just North America focused. We really want to make sure that we're supporting employees around the globe. So that donation to the World Health Organization was really a way for PEGA to sort of take a stand and say, we want to be a part of the global relief efforts and and solutions. So that was sort of the immediate response. Um, We had some more localized efforts in Boston, uh, which were actually kind of unique. Uh, We forged a partnership with the Dropkick Murphys, which is a Boston-based band. Um, (laughs) Shipping Up to Boston is their main main song, I'm sure everyone knows. Um, Yeah, uh, one of our leaders in marketing actually had a connection with them. um, And we chose to uh, sponsor their St. Patrick's Day concert, which typically is a in-person event that they do. Uh, quickly had to pivot to a virtual experience. Uh, so we sponsored the live stream, which had almost 10 million views. So it was surprisingly very well received. Um, and Pega's funding really helped support the, the immediate needs of the band and all their support staff and crew who were facing you know, canceled tours and events um, to help them sort of pick up uh, the pieces there. And because of the success of that event, we actually sponsored another concert with them called Streaming Out of Fenway, which was back in May. um, And that was meant to be a community fundraiser. So as a result of that event that the Dropkick Murphys performed sort of live in Fenway, in an empty Fenway park. (laughs) And uh, the 
event actually raised $700,000 for wow. coronavirus relief. Um, wow, and, awesome. and PEGA chipped in a certain amount to that. So we actually uh, donated to Feeding America, the Boston Resiliency Fund, and Greater Habitat for Humanity of Great, Greater Boston. Um, so, you know, three great organizations doing on-the-ground coronavirus relief um, in, a, in sort of a unique way to make it happen by partnering with a with a band so that was great not just any um, dropkick murphy's i feel like yeah. awesome. they're like they are you know coveted <laughs> yeah yeah and it's interesting in my time at pega i've learned that a lot of people here actually have musical talents um oh, cool. we, we actually have a company band Whoa, called the Layer cool. Cakes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's called it the called? Layer Cakes. The Layer Cakes, which is oh, in okay. reference to some of our um, system architecture. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think <laughs> it was like a nice, slightly nerdy that it references the architecture. <laughs> totally, totally. So I think it was a nice way to sort of tie in like a unique cultural aspect of Pega with supporting the community and sort of bringing bringing joy in in this time. So, cool. so That's yeah, awesome. and. Can you tell us a little bit, obviously, this summer has been wild in terms of, you know, companies finally starting to talk about racial inequity and, you know, doing things around it. Uh, what was kind of PEGA's response to, you know, George Floyd's murder and all all the murders that came um, after? Yeah, so definitely an important discussion to have. And I'm glad that PEGA has been having that conversation internally and, and also externally. So um, after George Floyd's murder, our CEO, Alan Treffler, actually released a statement um, the morning of our PEGA World Conference, which is our huge sort of client and user conference every year. Um, so this was you know shortly after the events of George, George Floyd's murder. Um, and he sort of came out and said that you know, PEGA stands with our Black employees and Black Lives Matter. And I think it was just, you know, a powerful and important way to get our perspective out there, especially in front of thousands of our clients um, and, and sort of prospective customers as well. Um, and then, you know, internally, we've been having a lot of conversations. Um, we have set up two funds to support diverse tech entrepreneurs. Cool. So we, we've decided to partner with two organizations. One is called Black and Brown Founders and the other is Black Girl Ventures. Cool. And they both work with diverse tech entrepreneurs to give them access to capital and resources and community to help them launch and grow their tech businesses. Um, so we received sort of a similar, extremely generous response from employees um, to, those, to those funds. And um, we're also looking to strengthen our employee resource groups and have conversations with leadership on how to make PEGA a more inclusive place. Um, so we've launched a few employee resource groups this year, and we plan to continue uh, to do so throughout the year. Cool. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, this is one of my favorite questions, but kind of where does social impact sit within the company structure? Yeah. And I'm sure you get different answers yes. to everyone you ask. Yes. Um, I love this question. <laughs> yeah. So at PEGA, I am part of HR, um, which is, we call it the people function, which I think oh. is pretty common across a lot of tech companies. Um, and specifically within HR, I'm part of the talent programs team. So it's interesting, social impact 
sort of is originally framed as a way to um, enhance the employee experience and attract and retain top talent. So um, having sort of a strong social impact program means that employees have ways to engage through giving and volunteering, and that will sort of enhance the employee experience and attract new people to PEGA or sort of retain the folks that we already have, um, which is an interesting perspective. And I think true, obviously. And, um, and I think especially in the tech industry, I've noticed where the competition for talent is so fierce. Um, having a program, having programs that are going to differentiate your company from others are a way sort of to get the folks in the door that, that you want and keep the folks that uh, you want to keep. So um, it's, it's unique. I will say in past places I've worked, uh, I've been part of legal when I was at Santander. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that was the nature of the banking industry. (laughs) Um, And then when I was at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, uh, we bumped around a few times, but we were in marketing, we were in corporate affairs, we were in HR. So it's definitely interesting to see where different companies place social impact programs and and how that can change over time. Yeah. And just, you know, piggybacking off of that, you've had a lot of different social impact roles, which is also very unique to folks in the space. I think we're still at the early stages of kind of social impact, especially kind of beyond the Fortune 500 companies. And so um, the fact that you have like varied experience and a lot of different companies doing this work, would love your perspective on kind of how have these experiences differed amongst the different companies? Yeah, so I will say um, it's it's interesting to see how CSR manifests itself in different companies um, and different industries. When I was at HMH, uh, the, the program was already pretty well established. It had been around um, for a few years. So we had an established network of champions. Uh, we had, for the most part, executive leadership support. Um, most employees were aware of the program and sort of how they could get involved. Um, and the, the focus area, sort of being an education company, was K-12 education. So uh, that's where we sort of put most of our efforts. Um, and that, and the industry is sort of unregulated in terms of what you can do and for social impact. So that was, you know, coming into a program that was sort of already established, it was more just managing the day-to-day operations and sort of helping to drive things forward. Um, Santander was also interesting because it's a giant bank. Um, and I worked for their North American sort of regional bank, um, although they are a global company based in Spain. Um, so that was, it was interesting sort of seeing the interaction between the Spanish conglomerate and sort of its child <laughs> subsidiaries and how they influenced what we did. Um, but the U.S. has very um, sort of strict regulations on what banks can do around corporate social responsibility, especially around um, giving. So we were restricted in the sense that we could only focus on a few different cause areas. Um, So that, you know, I think limited what we could do from an impact perspective, but as a bank, we also had a lot more resources and the team was bigger. I was part of a 30 person team. 
uh, which is the largest CSR team I have and probably <laughs> will ever work for. The 30-person um, team was across North America. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that wasn't even um, like the global CSR program. That was just North America. Just North America. Wow. Yeah. So, which was definitely a transition from coming from a two-person yeah. <laughs> team at HMH. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to learn about the regulations, sort of how they impact what banks can do um, and how banks like sort of tell the story of how they're involved in the community as well. Um, and then at PEGA, this experience has been much different because... PEGA doesn't have an established social impact program. So I'm really building it from scratch, um, which is exciting because I've been able to use my experience from sort of more established CSR programs um, to help grow the program and, and sort of share my best practices that I've built up and, and heard from other peers doing this work. So um it's been, it's definitely been a good challenge. And the tech industry, I think, is growing so fast. And there's all this cool innovation happening, um, both from a business perspective, and also from the social impact perspective. So just trying to learn as much as I can about it and and keep up and, um, you know, see how we can move PEGA from sort of this more sort of basic program to sort of being an innovative leader in the social impact space as well. Super cool. So if you were to kind of, obviously you're, you know, you're under a year in, but if you were really to think about what the, what the 10 year vision is for social impact programming and kind of what's next for PEGA, how would you describe it? Yeah. So I think number one would just be building out a strong network of champions for the program globally um, and having a decentralized model where, you know, we have someone running the show globally, but it's really the local sort of employee councils that have ownership of how they want to interact with and partner with their communities. Um, that's sort of the first step, I think, in getting us to the next level. <laughs> um, I think being at a point where we are integrated and aligned with business um, and what the business is doing right now. I think we will get there, but I think right now was sort of just like establishing that foundation and making people aware that this type of program exists and then continuing to build it from there. So I would love to be able to offer a nonprofit solution, um, sort of a solution using our technology to nonprofits, similar to what Salesforce and some of our other peers do. Um, I think that's sort of a next step in integrating social impact into the business. Um, and yeah, really, I think just having a more self-sustaining model of employees uh, participating and being aware of the program and um, just continuing to sort of drive it forward. Super cool. I'm so I'm excited to follow along, especially given that you guys are local right here in Boston. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes over the next 10 years. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lindsay, for being a part of it and sharing your story and your many experiences across social impact. This is this has been really fun and I'm excited to share this out with with the community. Yeah, thanks so much, Rachel. This is great. 